Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it. Please subscribe. Please give us some reviews. I know there's a lot of you that are listening and not subscribing or not giving us the reviews. And I know it's a lot to ask, but I would really, really, really appreciate it if you did. Um, it just means that we can keep the podcast going. Um, so podcast time, Elliot Towsley. I came across him on Instagram. Um, he was talking about industry business and marketing and promotion and how to promote your music as an artist. Um, and I thought I'd just kind of change the podcast up a little bit with talking to uh, like musicians and bring in um, somebody that works more on the business side of things. Um, so he runs a marketing agency called Denova. Um, he also has another agency, which we talk about as well towards the end. Um, but yeah, enjoy this. It was a really helpful conversation. And I think for new artists, current artists that are trying to grow, um, there's a lot of hidden gems in this podcast. So uh, enjoy it. Without further ado, Elliot Towsley. Elliot, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me on today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for coming on. Whereabouts are you in the world? I uh, I live in North Carolina in the States now, but I grew up in New England. Um, I spent almost my entire life there, but the last two and a half years or so, I've been living in Charlotte, uh, which is a cool up and coming city here on the East Coast. Yeah, I don't mind Charlotte. I've been there quite a lot. Been there. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool town. It's it's like an interesting little melting pot where like I rarely actually meet people from Charlotte, mm -hmm. which is funny. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, it seems like a, it's a big up and coming area and there's a lot of people moving here especially people from the northeast so i kind of feel at home a little bit lots of patriots <laughs> fans here uh, lots of red sox fans so that uh makes me feel nice amazing man amazing how was your uh well i should i was gonna say how's your christmas but by the time this all comes out it's gonna be way in advance there's no point even talking about that it's like bored and gone um hey, for what it's worth i had a pretty chill christmas that's good how about Sick. yeah it was really good it was really good had like four days off which was amazing so um nice yeah can't complain at all can't complain um i came across you one of my friends shared one of your videos on instagram um which is why i wanted to get you on the podcast and i guess before we start i would love you to explain what you do and who you are sure. and then we can kind yeah. of get into it definitely um well i i started off everything like who i was I was definitely first a musician. Mm -hmm. um, when I was like a teenager into my 20s, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I was doing. And I still had the goal of like being in the music business kind of one way or another. Yeah. Um, I never quite thought I was going to be, you know, like a superstar or anything, but yeah. I was just like, I can do something here. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was like, 18 i was making a lot of music with my friend and we had a few songs that started to like 
grow a little bit back when like the only option to advertise was like Facebook yeah. and YouTube. So back then we got a couple of videos that had a couple hundred thousand views and we mm -hmm. booked, I don't know, 20 gigs and we kind of did our thing until we were like 25. Yeah. Um, and then after um, I was like thinking I wanted to be a full-time musician, I kind of was like growing more into the business side mm -hmm. of like, helping like at this point a lot of like younger folks were coming to me being like dude can you help me book a gig too and i was like yeah and <laughs> so i kind of grooved into the side of like well let me show you how i did what i did even it wasn't anything huge but it was something and yeah. it was in new england and yeah. you know i never did a worldwide or countrywide tour or anything but i was able to play 10 shows a summer and get some decent money and you know have a fun little music business yeah um and then that I, I slowly grew out of thinking I had enough in it, whether it was talent or motivation or whatever, to like be a, a full-time artist. Um, once I kind of saw the writing on the wall there, I did switch to like more of the business side, mm. and that led to me creating um, a company called DeNovo Agency. So I want to go um, back. I want to go back a little bit into that. Sure. Um, yeah. What was the the switch to the being the artist to the business? What was that? Why did you do that? It's a good question. Um, I still write music like for fun now and I still enjoy it very much. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it didn't happen like one, one day it, it, it slowly became where the opportunities to make money as a musician slowly started getting outweighed by the opportunities to help other musicians, maybe run Facebook ads yeah. or like be a, sort of manager of sorts for like mm -hmm. a couple months and like, Hey guys, do this, do this, set this up. Yeah. Um, and, and slowly it just kind of, it just became like obvious in terms of like an actual living my life. Like, yeah. Hey, like I'm making more money doing this. And like, I still love music. This is still working with musicians. Yeah. So I guess it kind of just was like, Hey, this is, I'm going this way now. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know if it was like one day I just decided, or if it was just kind of like, kind of so happened, happened and then one day I more realized, Hey, I've kind of, I haven't written a song in a while. And like, yeah. I've been doing a lot of YouTube ads for folks, mm. but like, I really enjoyed it. So it was kind of just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then, and, um, and then, so we went from, so you started your agency. What's your agency called? It's uh, the first agency I started was DeNovo agency. Mm -hmm. um, and that is just a small digital marketing agency yeah. that's just aimed specifically at musicians. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing that we had there was the co-founder that I started that with, his name is James. Um, and he is an entertainment attorney. Mm -hmm. So we, the two of us had an interesting perspective for like an up and coming artist where I yeah. was kind of like the artist who had some success and I kind of know what it's like to, write a song, sit in a studio for a few hours and, you know, try to market myself and book yeah. a gig. Like I, I know enough of like what that's like, or at least what it was like for me. And then James had this perspective that I never had of like, Hey, this is a business. Like yeah. let's track our expenses. Let's make sure we have an LLC. Like let's trademark yeah, our yeah. name, all this shit that I wasn't thinking about. Like I was just having fun with music. Mm. So with the two of us put together, I think like, you know, a 22 year old artist trying to take it seriously and like figure this out. We had a lot of interesting perspective to offer. Yeah. And um, I think we really made a name for ourselves with just like doing these small 
consultations with like hundreds of artists of just be like, Hey, we don't have every answer, but just make sure you're looking for this, looking for that, looking for that. Let us know how we can help you. And it was, I think a lot of the music industry can seem so overwhelming and so like vague of like, you don't know what the right move is because you're getting pulled in like a hundred different directions. So we just kind of said, Hey, well, just think about these things and try going this way. Mm -hmm. And people were like, okay, at least I have a, (laughs) I'll I'll try this way and it might not work, but at least they have, they're going somewhere. Yeah. 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 How, how do you think being goal focused as an artist helps to become successful? I think determining some sort of goal is very important um, because a lot of musicians will say something along the lines of, well, my goal is to be a full-time musician. Yeah. Okay. That's a great goal, but the logistics of that, how, Mm. what, what, what does full-time mean? Is that 50 K a year? Is it 150 K a year? Is Mm. it a million a year? Yeah. Do you live in Los Angeles and need to make $120,000 a year to like get by (laughs) with your music business? Yeah, yeah. So, So like, I think, it's so easy. That's like saying, Oh, I want to start a business. And what do you want to be? I want to be rich. Yeah. What does that really mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So if you can kind of break that down a little bit, and if you if your goal is, I want to be a full-time musician. Okay. Mm. How do you want to make that money? What is the number, the amount of money that full-time is, let's say it's 50 grand. Does that mean you're playing a show every weekend and you need to make a thousand bucks a weekend and that's how you make it? Mm. Does it mean you're writing songs and you're selling them to other artists? Yeah. What does what does that mean? And what are the goals of getting to that full time? Mm-hmm. And if they don't have an answer for that, that's not necessarily like, oh, you're an idiot. But it's just like, hey, you you should think about these things yeah. it, because now the goals are more tangible. Yeah. And having some sort of goal that's trackable Mm. is key because if your goal is to make it and that's it, how do you track that? Yes or no, I made it like I made it on this day. Yeah. Like it's hard. So like having some sort of clear goal, bigger, more detailed than just the big picture of, I want to be a full-time musician. Okay. But what does that mean? Mm. And then being able to track that. I mean, I was a big fan of the whiteboard. I'm mm. a big whiteboard guy yeah, where every yeah, month yeah. I go in and just be like, okay, here are my things. I got to cross these off. Yeah. Here's my money in and out. So if, get a whiteboard is my tip. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think for me in my career, I've always I, from, I was really fortunate when I was really young. We I've got f- my parents are successful in business, but I think sometimes having your your parents help you is not always the best in a certain extent because you just there's family dynamics in that in that situation where. Yep. So like we have a family friend that is extremely successful in business, and I was lucky enough to just sit down with him on like a monthly basis and just like write down goals and he did it and he's he's not he's not in music industry at all and this was when i was like 18 so it's a very long time ago um but i would write down a bunch of goals and then he would then take the big goals and then work out how do we backtrack from that and we do that together and then it's like okay so i want to be doing this show this show this show what do i need to get to to get to this show this show this show i need to do that show and then how do i get to that show and it's taking it down to i always get this wrong is it micro or macro it's like macro level so you have the micro is it micro is micro bigger than macro micro small is what's macro though 
Macro big. Okay. <laughs> so you got the macro goals and then you got the micro goals and you have to get to the, to the big goals. You have to do the small goals. And, and it's literally to the point where like, it's like, okay, write a record every single day or do whatever you need to do to get to wherever you need to get to. And I think that is the one thing that a lot of artists really struggle on because especially nowadays when there's so much to do as an artist, it's like, but realistically for me, the main thing, and I'd like to get your opinion on this. The main thing is the product and what yeah. is your product? What, what are you selling to the world? And I don't mean selling as in necessarily in a monetary form. It's what are yeah. you giving to the world yeah. and music. I want to, I've got a lot of things I want to talk to you about, but like music is, pretty much valuable at the start it's very yeah. hard to create an income from that however you still need to have a product that is different to that either fits in a niche or it sounds different so different and so good that people need it in their life and that's yeah. the thing for me is like the, the the main goal for me to start for any artist is create a product that people want yep i think you're 100% right. And I think you, you asked the interesting question is, well, what is your product? Mm -hmm. Now, let's say an artist like J. Cole. Yeah. His product is almost 100% his music yeah. and his shows, right? He's not out. He doesn't do a lot of social content. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's not cameoing in a Netflix series. He's yeah. pretty much doing the music. Yeah. His product is the music. It's the culture of the music. Other artists the music itself might be part yeah. of their overall product. So you're 100% right. But nowadays, most artists aren't just artists. Or if you think about the, the people who are doing big things, unless you're the top 1% of just lyrical talent, J. Cole, Kendrick can be just artists. What they have is music. That's what they sell. But if a lot of people in that middle ground like kid cuddy let's say yeah started with a lot of really good music but people just like kid cuddy yeah as a entertainer as a personality as a brand as a person yeah and kid cut kid cuddy ends up dabbling in acting yeah or he has i don't know he might have a book mm. but people are just fans of kid cuddy yeah and some people will only listen to his music some people just loved his music 10 years ago now they'll watch his interviews so musicians are still entertainers yeah. and your product can still be you. Mm -hmm. I think your mu if music is the way that you are getting into the entertainment business, good music, of course, has to be at the foundation. Yeah. But like there are many artists who had good music a little while ago mm. or in our like I'm a big fan of Wiz Khalifa because mm. I liked his music a lot 10 years ago. And I think he's a really funny guy, but I don't go seeking his new music much anymore. Yeah. Not to, not because I don't like it. I just I like Wiz Khalifa when I see a funny interview on YouTube. Now, yeah. you like the personality. The I like the way I yeah buy his product is different than yeah. it was when i was 19 totally that dude so, is shredded now by the way yeah he can like, kick my what ass what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah right it's and he'll hit, hit a bong in between each it's head it's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah like i saw before and after and i was like jesus christ that dude's done some work yeah um big time and i think <laughs> that, that's actually a good point where like artists 
he, he may have started as an artist, but now there might there's probably a niche audience that follows Wiz Khalifa training videos. Yeah, totally. And that's all they're interested in yeah. because they, they might like, wow, this guy kind of seemed like a goofball and he, he you know, got in, got his ass into shape. I want to see how he did it. Yeah. And maybe they don't like his music. They don't want to see his music videos, but they're just in the jujitsu or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they want to see how he did it. Yeah. You can be many different things. You can be a musician first, yeah. but you can also like how many artists are investors. Mm. They might have their own clothing. They might yeah. have sneakers. They might be part owner of a burger chain. Yeah. Like you don't just have to be a musician period. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially like I grew up where like if when I was 15, if Eminem started buying Wendy's, chain like it would probably have been weird right yeah yeah. but it's different now yeah people like these entertainers musicians it's not uncommon for folks in the public eye to be doing many different things Mm. so I, i hear a lot from musicians where they're like even when it comes to say making two different genres of music they're like well does it take away from my artist like integrity to like not stick to the genre that i love and i'm like no mm-hmm. <laughs> do try it you know like um you don't yeah. have to just do one thing i would challenge that to a certain extent i would challenge the genre of music to a certain extent at the beginning of your career yeah. I, I feel like there's a foundation especially in like the electronic world there's a foundation that I feel like you have to set. Um, like, let's say, for instance, who's a classic example of this? I'm really bad at, like, major artist names. Who's the guy with the tattoos on the face that's um, white rapper, singer? Um, Takashi 6 9 No, not that dude. <laughs> like, he's got... Oh, I should... Is it post? Oh, post Malone. Post Malone. Is it post Malone? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, it's post. So like, he came out his first few ones. It was very like hip hop, R and B, singy kind of stuff. Now he's putting out a country record, right? Yeah. If he did that as the second album, that wouldn't have worked. Oh it, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have worked at all. So yeah. I think there's also a level of like you have to know your audience. And you have to know what you're marketing to and what you're selling to, to then be able to evolve. Like the only reason why he can do a kind of a country album is because he's so big and people, yeah, exactly. people, people just like, it goes back to what you're saying. People just like him. Right. And Kendrick could probably do the same if he wanted or the yeah. big guys like look, listen to Jay-Z's last album, 444. Like it's such an indulgence out from my from my opinion onto it, it's such an indulgence record for what Jay-Z wants to do for him. It's not, for, yeah. it's not a commercially successful or um, it is commercially successful, but it's not made no, to be commercially successful. Yeah. It's yeah. purely made for what the artist wants to do, which mm-hmm. you don't always get to be able to do that at a certain point in your career. And I think it's, it's really easy to say, I'll oh, just be the artist. Like, for me it's like easy for me to go uh well fuck it like this is my art and i'm gonna do what the fuck i want but at the end of the day what is my goal Mm -hmm. and it goes back to the goal Mm -hmm. for me my goal is to make the best music that reaches the most amount of people in where 
I can draw the lines. I could go write a pop record. I don't want to go write a pop record. So I have to be like, I have to be realistic of what my goals are and then take it from there. So I think like the genre thing is like, you kind of have to, there are parameters of that you have to stay in to start with until you have such a big, um, yeah, uh, such a big following where people just like really, and, and longevity. Like, I think people want to see artists evolve, but also it's like, can you, like you remember when you were a kid, you listened to like Linkin Park album and it's amazing and then they bring out another one and it's amazing and then they bring out the third one and it sounds nothing like the last two yeah. and you're like what the fuck <laughs> like guys come on but it's like because we don't like change so i think there's yeah. also the level of that is like are you alienating your crowd by like it could be better for you it's, it could be amazing to go go alienate your crowd and find another crowd if that's your yeah. goal then go do that but i think foundationally you you really need to just kind of work out who you want to market to sure absolutely i think an artist who did what you're saying really well is taylor swift Mm because if you look at her first couple albums compared to now you'd be like this is totally different and you're right if she went from the first album to the huge pop twist Mm -hmm. actually in the other way another one is miley cyrus yeah has like slowly you have to it's that uh, was the analogy you can't uh, put a frog in a pot of boiling water it'll jump right out totally. but if you put it in the pot and slowly boil it yeah. it'll sit right in there and get boiled yeah and all these artists have the cachet and the audience in place to be able to do these things which is key mm-hmm. so there is like a balancing act as an artist where say after that second album, you're Lincoln park, you just made, everybody's got $20 million or whatever. And at some point you probably say, screw them. I want to try this. (laughs) Yeah. And that must be such an interesting give and take where some artists say like Billy Joel Mm. is still on tour playing the same 22 songs that he knows the fans want to hear. And he's just pumped that the fans still want to hear. Yeah. And then there are some other artists who are like, I, am going to play what I want to play. And if you don't want to be here, fucking go somewhere else. Yeah. And it depends what your goal is. If your yeah. goal is, I just want to make a money and like, I don't want to sell out all the way, but like, Hey, if I still got 20 hits, if I'm tired of playing them, well, I still want to make some money. So mm. it's just a give and take. And it comes down to each individual artist, each individual's goals. Yeah. And it all, that is all part of why there is no like one right way to do the music business. Totally. Totally. I guess the money thing is really interesting as well. I did a tweet yesterday when people listen to this, it's going to be a month ago. And I was like, what is success to you? Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to see the amount of responses of like how different they are, but how money is part of nearly every single one of them. What? So, like say I talk to some business owners and I say like what's your goal and they kind of say the lifestyle well, I want to yeah. work for myself and I want to be able to be on my own time but that all means okay but that means you're making enough money to do that yeah. with your business mm-hmm. so like money even if your goal isn't like I want to be a millionaire if your goal is I want to have I want to pay my bills and have fun being a musician you have to make money somewhere like unfortunately yeah. Yeah, so yeah. money has to be part of the puzzle in terms of I'll, I'll say this 
all the advice I give musicians is coming from the place where I'm assuming that you want to make a successful business out of it. Yeah. If you just love music and it's an awesome thing that you love doing, and if you happen to make money on the side, that's a different conversation in, mm. a, in a different place. But if your goal is to, I want to make money with this and this is what I want to do, there are just certain things that you have to play the game. Yeah. Like whether you want to or not, you there is no way around it unless you are the one in a billion catch lightning in a bottle and Spotify spreads your song around. It's the first song ever. And you get, you go viral just because unless you're that guy, you got to have some sort of plan and, <laughs> and, and incorporate the money aspect into it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it wouldn't be called the music business if it's not the music business. I think of, I'm sure you are, but I'm a huge fan of Rick Rubin and he, he did a podcast, I can't remember who it was with. I think it was with Lex Friedman. And he was talking about the art side of it and not the business. He's very he's very far removed from the business now, from yeah. from what I gather of his vibe, which is really interesting because he's worked I don't know how he stays so far away from it or if that's just the perception he gives because right. he's worked with the biggest artists in the world, written the biggest songs in the world. Um, but can I jump right there? Because it. he has done that for so long, might be that might give him not a reason, but it allows him to not care about the the, the business side because his phone is getting Jay Z's calling him, the Chili Peppers are calling him. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to worry about the business. He's sitting at his house or whatever, and his phone's blown up because of what he did, what he, what he started doing forty years ago. Totally. So he kind of has the luxury of not being not having to have to focus yeah. on the business side. Yeah. And I think there's something he said, he was like, create your art. If it makes you happy and it doesn't matter if you go have another job, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make you any money. It doesn't matter the success, the, the business success of your art, but go make the art that makes you happy. And I, I've thought about that ever since because there's that there's that really like juxtaposition in kind of like it's po it's po very polarizing that because it's a beautiful concept, uh -huh. but is it reality? I'm not too sure because what? I everybody I know that that starts in the music industry, whether they're at day one or day ten years, fifteen, twenty years, it generally starts with I want this to be my full time job. So it's like, it kind of doesn't make sense to me to a certain extent that comment as well. I honestly, I lo I love Rick Rubin. The first thing that came to my head when you were saying that was like, well, it's easy for you to say, yeah. Rick. Yeah. At this point, <laughs> I get like. It, now, see, the thing is, I think ideally, yes. Yeah. But we don't live in an ideal business or society no so it comes to if you want to make music because it makes you happy and that's all you care about then that's all you care about mm. but if you are saying i'm good at music i think i can make this into a business okay how 
it's competitive. That's yeah. like saying, I love to play basketball and I just want, because I love it. Like, therefore I now I'm, I'm now entitled to make money playing it entirely because I love it. And it doesn't matter. Like, even if you love it, if you, once you throw money in there, it's competitive. And now it's easier than ever to make a record. You, we, you right now, we could probably download a beat and make a song together right now yeah. and get it mixed and mastered Tuesday and it'd be done and we could have it on Spotify in a week. Yeah. Right. It might not be amazing, but it's done and it's out there. Yeah. It's with it being easier than ever to make music and to reach these folks. It's now more competitive yeah. than ever. And you're getting people who aren't diehard musicians who love it. You're getting people who say, I'm okay at this and I've got a brand and I've got a lot of money. I could promote this and make some money. Totally. And that's what the record labels are doing. This person's hot right now. Let's buy him up, milk him for a year and a half, and then we'll see what we'll see where he is. And if he's off. dead, who cares? Yeah, if we yeah. buy 10 and one of them hits, great. We make a ton of money. Yeah. And so with what Rick Rubin said, I agree with. You should make the music that you enjoy making, but there is a way to do that. Be happy making the music and then take off the music hat and put on the, the business hat the next day once your product is done. Mm. Like you flipping that switch is, is hard for some, for when I was a musician, that's hard. It was hard to, for me to flip that switch when you're in music making mode, you can be all about being happy and all that shit. But once the song is done, yeah, it's a different ball game and business isn't about making everybody happy. Zero. And if some guy can step on you to get ahead, unfortunately, most people do that. Yeah. That's human nature. Yeah. So that's, that's in life. That's not just in music. That's everywhere. in music. That's everywhere. Yeah. And I think musicians, I had a, a case of this often musicians have some level of entitlement where they are they're like, this song is great. I know it's great. I'm a great songwriter. Therefore mm. I deserve a big audience. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I hear you, but like how many amazing painters out yeah. there don't have their shit in a museum? Yeah. It, even if their art is better than the art in the museum, an artist with some sort of brand gets there first. Yeah. And we can argue about if it should be that way. Yeah. It shouldn't. But that's opinion. just opinion, right? That's just, that's just, right. that's just like. But same with music. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Some people don't like the Beatles. Yeah. I don't get it, but like, you know, some people think <laughs> Jay-Z sucks. Yeah. Like, and it's, it. there's no like, no, this is definitively good music because of this. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. I guess for a starting artist, volume of output is changed massively over the years. Like, I remember when I first started releasing music and you'd release like four records a year and that would be like it. That'd be enough for you. And I mean records as in singles or EPs. Singles, yeah. Singles or, or EPs. Now that's massively changed. Yeah. What would you say? Obviously, like we're talking, there's so many parameters, right? So there's like yeah. quality of music. There's like, there's so much, but it all comes down to quality of music. You could release one record a year if it was the biggest record in the world right and you could yep. live a great career and you could sell lots of tickets and you can do what the fuck you want but for a starting artist that has reasonably quality music they've got past the shit stage of their making music stage right where they're released their their yep. music is very listenable very fits in wherever they're trying to fit in how often do you think an artist should release music 
you know, the right answer is it depends. Um, and it, what it depends on is say, if you're just starting out and you don't have an audience, it, I would say the frequency should depend upon how often or how long it takes for you to build up your ammo to market it accurately, like effectively, yeah. whether that means I got to stock up, I got to make sure I have 10 or 12 videos ready to go. I got to have three or four, whatever, whatever that means. I got to save up $400 to promote it on YouTube or Instagram, mm -hmm. whatever that strategy is. There's in my mind, there's no point to just throw songs out there because it's, Oh, well, Russ did it every two weeks. So therefore I got to do it every two weeks. If you're throwing it to the wind and nothing's happening, continuing to throw shit in the wind on a consistent basis, isn't going to change anything Yeah, because uh, people do that because they think, well, the algorithm is going to like it and Spotify is going to spread it around. And that might be true if Spotify already knows about you and your audience. Yeah. Because Spotify is not listening to these songs or scanning them to be like, oh, this this has 90 beats per minute and it kind of sounds like this J. Cole song. Yeah. So therefore, let's put it over here. Mm -hmm. That's not what they're doing. They're analyzing the data like, oh, a lot of 20-year-olds in Florida who listen to J. Cole also listen to this guy. So let's yeah. put it on these people's playlists. Yeah. And if they don't have that data because you can't get the folks to listen to the the songs in the first place, they're not going to spread it around. So you should be releasing songs in a frequency of how long it takes to build up and market that song effectively. Okay. So let's bring that down. Let's break that whole kind of section up. How do you market a record? that if you're if you're a starting artist right how like okay i have a thousand followers on instagram right i have a thousand followers on tiktok i have a thousand followers on twitter i have a thousand followers on my on facebook i'm not signed to a record label what the fuck do i where do i start now i think when you're at that level i would approach it as you're not marketing it on a per song basis mm -hmm. you're marketing you're continuously marketing yourself as a company and yeah. your songs are the new products. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of like, I would sell my products with stories yeah. to folks who are like already following me. Yeah. But like you can zoom out just a little bit of like, you're not necessarily, you're not, yes, you have a new song that you would like to promote, but your branding is still you as an artist. Yeah. And content is absolutely king. Mm -hmm. And I hear it from musicians all the time. They say like, well, I want to, I want to grow my audience. I want to grow my personal brand, but man, you know, content, I just don't want to do it. I'm like, well, <laughs> then what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't know what you mean in today's day. Like, mm. I don't know how you, I don't know what you mean. If you say you want a personal brand, but you don't want to make content. I, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Right. Are you going to write a blog? Like you're going to do anything. So, so I think write? like, I think, no, I, to I totally agree with you, but I think yeah. there's probably artists shouting out at you going, I, yeah, he's right. I don't want to fucking do it. The easiest way that I was explained to this is, do you want people to listen to your music? And if the answer is yes, then you have to promote something just like when Nike have a new sneaker out, do they want people to buy it? Yes. Yeah, so what do they do to get people to buy it? They tell people about it and they mm -hmm. create the, they create interesting experiences around that one product to then make people want to buy it. 
exactly the same as music and it's it's going back to that switch it's let's switch the music the musician off and let's switch the business on and go how do i promote this record this product to a thousand people and what do i need to do to do that and also what do i need to do that's authentically me as an artist well there's times like i've told a lot of musicians in a similar situation as this, where it's like the last thing you should do is just like promote a post of the album cover. That's the absolute last thing you should do. New song on all streaming platforms from some artists you don't know. Yeah. Great. I'm, I'm interested. Um, no, don't do that. The second to last thing you should do is grab a random 15 second segment of your music video and say stream the whole thing on youtube these people don't know you if wiz khalifa does that and he grabs a 15 second clip and he runs it to the folks who already know who wiz khalifa is message received you've got a new music video i know i like wiz okay i'll check it out maybe maybe like okay 10 percent of the people who see it maybe three percent might click on it and go watch it and, and that's people who already know they like Wiz Khalifa and you're all already if we're talking Instagram you're already looking at one to five percent of your following actually seeing that exactly so so one that, so so let's say two and a half percent and you've got ten percent of your two and a half percent that are actually going to listen right and I think a lot of times artists at this beginning stage it's hard to know what to do because they see well this worked for travis scott so Mm -hmm. i'm just going to do this it's like yeah but we all already know who travis scott is yeah he can post a story once about an album and we all know oh well it's coming out in june yeah or whatever it's different you can't that's like saying okay i just opened a brand new cheeseburger place and i'm just going to copy the marketing of mcdonald's yeah like doesn't work that way you have to educate people who you are or even before that you have to get people to know that you exist Mm -hmm. like they don't know you exist let alone your music yeah so like i've had artists do videos where it's literally like hey i'm will i live in the uk i make music like this if you're a fan of lincoln park check out my song yeah and it's like maybe they don't go and click at the song, but they say, "Who's it? That guy seemed chill. Who is this guy?" And they mm-hmm. check out his profile, and maybe they like a few pictures. Maybe they don't go like the song right away, but now they know who Will is. Yeah. And at the beginning, you're doing pure general awareness, yeah. brand awareness. You don't. And a lot of times, the marketing of a musician at the beginning is they're trying to jam a song down oh, somebody's throat. Yeah. Fucking take my song. <laughs> and it's like they they met the girl that they're in love with and they want to get married right now. That's me, 100%. That's me, 100%. Right. <laughs> and like, you've got to say hello. Like, yeah. let's take it easy here. We're, we're, we're trying to start a long-term relationship, not fucking jam a song down your throat right now. And that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So play the long game. Mm-hmm. Spend If you have $1,000 to spend, don't spend it all at the beginning when you don't really know what you're doing or when you're, what your audience is or what kind of video works. Maybe spend 300 first. Okay, so, le- so let's let's go back to spending money, okay? Sure. Um, because a lot of people don't know about spending money on mm-hmm. on promotions and things like that. Everyone gets sent ads, but they don't realize 
that you can do this as an artist. You don't realize this, how much this costs, et cetera, et cetera. I've got yeah. my views on ads now where we're at in social media, but I'd love to get your concept on ads. And I know this is what you kind of work in as well. And, and how effective they can be, how ineffective mm-hmm. they can be. Um, and then let's talk budgets after that. Let's talk real money. Sure. Um, similar, how you view an advertisement is through the perspective of what the goal of it is. Yeah. And artists, or not just artists, anybody who's inexperienced or just getting started with, say, Facebook or Instagram ads, they Facebook makes it so easy to kind of set up a, oh, this, your target audience is 24 million people. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for your $200. We'll make sure you hit everybody. Yeah. Like, so they kind of have this, they're approaching it of like what would be ideal mm-hmm. rather than like what is. And they say, well, okay, yeah, this would be great. My target audience is 24 million. The interest is hip hop and um, the age is 18 to 60 in the United States. Yeah. That could be anybody. Yeah. Facebook and the thing I always preface about the social ads is they don't, they're not trying to scam you. They want your ad to do well so that if you spend a hundred dollars this time, you're pumped about the results and come back and spend 200 next time. So they're not trying to take your money and just be like, ha ha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, But if you're telling them that I'm looking for any guy who's alive in the UK who likes rock and roll, here's $200. Like they're going to go, we don't have any fucking clue who you're looking for. Yeah. Is it a 19 year old in, in Birmingham? Is it a 20 year old in Edinburgh? Yeah. And, or whatever you get, you get the point. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. with that in mind, social ads are super effective if you know how to use them. Mm. And it's with music in particular, say um, if I'm a shoe store, and I'm uh, my advertisement is, hey, I have great shoes for sale. Check them out, yeah. and then you buy one. A conversion is very clear. Yeah, I've, ten thousand people saw my ad. Thirty-one of them bought. Thirty-one conversions. Music, it's what is a conversion at the very beginning? Is it when somebody clicks the link tree, and then they go click into Apple Music, and then they go click the single again? That's a lot of clicks. Yeah, Probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Or is a conversion, hey, I watched all minute and a half of your video and I thought it was cool, and that's it. Yeah. What is a conversion? Um, that, that goes back to so what the goal is, right? What is the goal? Is Is my goal a brand awareness of, hey, I'm a new artist, I live in London, and I'm trying to get an audience here, that brand, uh, branding awareness campaign is going to look a lot different than, hey, I have a show in Dublin in March and I'm selling tickets to this show in this area. Mm-hmm. For something like that, social ads are great. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Will. I have a show in, in Dublin in March and I hope to see you there. And you click to like a couple segments of you playing a show, point to the ticket. Yep place uh, that's a lot more clearer of a conversion Mm -hmm. but if it's kind of up in the air and you're just like well i just ran an ad on instagram and i don't really know what to expect and i don't really know why i i just thought i should then it's not going to work because you don't know what you're looking for yeah and somebody like you know if you're working with a marketer uh, or they should work with you to determine the goal there's no one clear goal that everybody should have 
it, like what you might want to do is could be different than the artist right next to you. So there's no like one right answer, but like what you want to do, your marketing should reflect what you want to do. If yeah. you don't know what you want to do, your marketing isn't going to know what it's doing either. Totally. Totally agree. Um, converting fans. So we're at the point where we've got people following us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now we want them to start listening. Now we want them to start buying merch. Now we want to actually but get them to buy tickets. And we want to kind of convert these people into super fans. Mm -hmm. there's there's followers there's fans and there's super fans that's how i look at it to my extent sure. there's people that follow you that probably have ne don't have don't even listen to your music they just follow mm -hmm. you because they like to post or something like that and, or you're in the explore page and that's just what happened there's fans that click to follow you and they listen to your music and they might come to your show if you're in town and yep. there's super fans they will come to every single show they will like every single post they will comment on every single post they will buy every single T-shirt and they will get involved with absolutely everything you want to do. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? The first thing I will say is keep in mind that even someone, if you're not a super fan, like let's say I might really like Wiz Khalifa on YouTube and I subscribe to him on YouTube, yep. and I might never f go and follow him on Instagram. I might not go check out any new songs on Spotify. I just kind of like watching Wiz on YouTube. Yeah, I might only listen to Eminem on Spotify. Yeah, And so you, you see where I'm going with this. Yep. So there are areas where just people just might like to consume your content, whether it's the music, a video, an interview, whatever or just posts on Instagram, yep. they might just have their like preference of where they choose to consume your products. Totally. And that might on each platform, 85% of the followers there aren't going to cross pollinate. Mm -hmm. They kind of, they found you, this is where they listen to you. And they're not, they have no interest in going to follow you on Instagram and they might love your music. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to get people to cross pollinate, I think one of the key things is having different content on different places. Like mm -hmm. the clearest example is don't just make your TikTok a copy and paste of your Instagram. Yeah. If your Instagram content is a little bit different, now I have a reason to follow you there because I'm getting different content. Yeah. On TikTok, I get a little bit more unscripted behind the scenes or whatever. Okay, now I have a, an, a reason to follow you here. Yeah. But if I kind of just like you and I found you on TikTok and that's it and you've got the same content other places, I don't need to follow you in other places. I like watching you on TikTok. Totally. So that can be one of the things where each of those platforms is an entirely separate ecosystem mm. and the content that works well on each platform is different. Yeah. The way that the audience, what the audience is looking for on each platform is different. Yeah. And just the overall attitudes of watching the comments on reels are different than the comments on the same video on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. weird. And then on Twitter, like people's attitudes there are totally different. Yeah, yeah. So each platform is a separate game mm -hmm. and you have to play each of them and you might just be better at the Instagram game than you are at Twitter. And that's okay. You yeah. don't have to be a master at all the platforms at the beginning. Yeah. You have to be present there so that if somebody wants to look you up and their preferred platform is Twitter, you better be there so they can find you. Mm -hmm. But 
at the beginning, be present on these platforms, find which one or two you happen to like the best and maybe the results are the best, and then maybe drive it home on the one that's working the best for a moment and then let the play catch up later. But you gotta find like some sort of recipe that, hey, when I make videos like this, I post them on TikTok, I, you know, I run an ad for 150 bucks at this audience. This works for me. Yeah. And on Instagram, when I make a post this way, this audience works better. And I'm only going to spend a hundred bucks because I've tried it a few times and this works for me. Yeah. But going back to my initial question, how do we convert those people into something that where they cross pollinate on everything or they buy they they go off the platform to go and buy a product from you so that the artist makes money being visible and either having a brand or a personality that they like yeah and people do business with who they know Mm -hmm. people listen to who they know and who like it's a it being visible and either having a personality or a vibe. Yeah. I don't want to use it, but like how many times have you heard somebody say, that's a Drake vibe. Yeah. It's yeah. a Kid Cudi vibe. Yeah, yeah. That's an Eminem vibe. What is your aura and do people want to be in it? Mm. And it, <laughs> there's no clear cut answer. Like even with the ads, like you can only do so much. And if people just don't like the way some people just don't like MGK because of who he is. No yeah. matter what, how good his ad is or whatever. Some people just aren't going to like you and they're never going to follow it no matter what. Yeah. Um, but at least you kn- they know who he is. But they know MGK as a personality more than they know his songs. Totally. So it's about being visible on other platforms where if I first am visible of an artist and I say, I find you on Instagram and I kind of dive in and go, this is kind of cool. Over time, if you keep giving good content on Instagram, eventually I might be on YouTube and say, actually, you know what? Let me learn more about that guy. Yeah. But they're not going to take it upon themselves Mm. to go out of their way and look you up unless they are a fan of what they've been seeing consistently from wherever they found you. Yeah. So there is no clear-cut answer of, oh, how do you get everybody to cross-pollinate? It, they have to take it upon themselves to do it unless you have good marketing set up where your YouTube ad is hitting your followers from Instagram and it's yeah. like, hey, subscribe here too. I've got other content. Like that might be a, a nice complex way to do it. Yeah. But yeah. organically, it's just about being visible and creating a reason for them to look you up. Yeah. Um. I saw a friend talk about superstars in music and that there's the way superstars are. We don't have superstars as often pop up as often. My counter to this was we do have superstars. It's just people consume the superstars in a different way to what we used to. We used to have... Um, radio, TV. Yep. And that was it. Now we have radio, TV, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, um, Tidal, Discord, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and all of the beatport for the genre that I'm in. We have all these like different kind of outlets. 
for to become a superstar in in music nowadays is i find is actually probably easier than what it used to be and although there's so much music being put out there there's so much more available to people to access what's your go for it does that take does that take away of some of the allure of like what we have always known superstars to be well we're like yeah you, I, you didn't have access to them and then all of a sudden they show up at the red carpet and it's a big fucking deal and it's an award show and everyone's going nuts now i mean i hear what you're saying but it is i wonder if on do we have to change the definition of a superstar a yeah. little bit from what it was in 1998 to now is different but i think i i totally agree and i think we should because realistically everything's changed since 1998 yeah right right like everything so why can't the definition of that and like yes like who stormzy let's use stormzy for example right Stormzy is a grime artist from the UK. I'm not too sure if you're aware of him. I think, uh, I think I've definitely heard yeah, of, of the name at least. One the biggest grime artist in the UK. He doesn't have social media. So there's an alert around him where no mm -hmm. one can access him unless mm -hmm. you're in the inner circle, right? And does like, yeah, on the red carpet. He sells shit tons of music. He streams shit tons of music. He's just done the album that nobody would have expected, if you know what I mean. He's at that level now. Um, but does just because he's not on social media and everything like that, does that mean that he's more successful than somebody that's on social media? Like, the, let's use Dwayne Johnson, for example, as, as we're talking superstars. He is yeah. super... He's on social media, left, right, center... I don't whether it's him or not I don't have a fucking clue he's probably not let's be honest yeah. um but like people can literally dm him whether he responds right. like so I think the way we access people nowadays is unbelievable like I could literally talking about whiskey I could literally just go and dm him and yeah. the likelihood of him responding is very slim but you never know you can do it you never yeah, know right and I've done that to people and they've responded if you know what I mean. Like yeah. the reason why this conversation has happened is because I DM'd you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think like and 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 I also think the way record labels work nowadays is very different to how they used to to a certain extent, where big time. The splits are a slightly better on majors. We're talking majors, they're slightly better than what they used to. Um but also it's very artist driven it's actually not record label driven. The, the record labels can't actually like tell Spotify, tell Apple to put their records in a playlist or make a record successful. What it is, is the artists have the following. The artists have written the big record and majority of the time it's the artist that's actually selling the product over the label. The label just has a fuck ton of money that they're willing to put behind it marketing wise. Yep. So how is the I, I guess what i'm trying to get at is is it easier to be successful nowadays than what it used to be in some ways yes 
And in some ways, no, because everything you just mentioned, what comes with all that, those are all great benefits. But what comes with that is it's now more competitive. Yeah. So it's like, yes and no. I don't necessarily know if it's easier or harder or if it's just different. Is it more competitive, though? Like if we really if we really think about it, like in my in my genre, right, in like electronic music. Just to make the music alone, okay, you had to be able to afford a synth, right? Like, sure. And these synths back then were fuck tons of money. You wouldn't like not your every average Joe could even afford that. So I think like yes, it, maybe it's more competitive on just the amount of people doing it. But is it more competitive? Like, no, it's way easier to do it. I've got friends that have literally done one tiktok and they've got half a million followers and they lich and their instagrams they've put a few reels out and they've got a million followers now and they literally can do what the fuck they want that none of that was yes it was great content it was great timing it was a, a level of luck right um and a lot of hard work behind the scenes that you don't ever see however that person would never have been successful 20 years ago. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, in that aspect, it's easier to acquire an audience. Yeah. But it's more competitive because every, how many people are trying to yeah. do exactly what they did. And yeah. like, you like, there's an element of luck, of course. Um, I think that in some ways, it's definitely easier to have like something like that pop off. But I mean, with music in particular, now we're talking there's 60 or 100,000 songs uploaded on Spotify every fucking day. It's mad. Like back, even in the 90s, let's say just hip hop, how many rappers do you think there actually were like promoted that people knew on the radio or something? Two or 300? Less than that. Less? Yeah. Right. So I think... In, in in some ways, it's definitely more competitive, but it's a double-edged sword because totally. it is easier to make yeah. music than ever. Like, you can make a song on GarageBand for free. Yeah, you know, go buy a two or three hundred dollar mic, and you get some guy on Fiverr to mix it for you, and it might sound okay for three or four hundred bucks. Yeah, and you know, you can't do that forever, but like if one song, like yeah. So in some ways, it is easier than ever. I still think that kind of like just happening to go viral is is like like winning the lottery and you can't like it's kind of like it's awesome if it happens but you can't have a plan that is dependent upon it it's like having a financial plan dependent upon winning the lottery like, oh i'll be fine when i go viral in three years like i know i will because of, like you can't rely on it it's just it is tricky i don't know it, that'd be a good debate it's where, weird like, that it? yeah because i agree that whole viral thing i literally completely agreed with you until last night and i listened to a podcast <laughs> and i listened to a podcast with mr beast and obviously if you don't know who mr beast is he's the biggest yeah, yeah. youtuber in the world for anybody that's listening go check him out he does these crazy videos um and he said he like we and we're just talking on we're not talking on a music level because we're talking on a on a content creation level right that he was like, it's not 
luck to go viral. There is a level of luck, but there is a formula. And the formula is out there. You just have to know what your audience want and give it to them. And it goes back to what you were saying beforehand. It's like you do the same thing over and over again and it doesn't work. So why Mm -hmm. keep doing it? Change it up. See what works. And I think you can put a plan around that. Now, I would, he's, he's definitely got a point where like saying like being consistently viral, like when you have the platform, you know, what's like, yes, there's a formula to that, but there are also random, seemingly random videos that just kind of go viral for no rhyme or reason from random accounts. Yeah. And I think the only pushback I'll give on like, oh yeah, there's a formula, like anybody can do it. It's kind of the same of like how many hit movies more or less follow the same formula of like, 100%. you know, we all know the story tale, whatever. Yep. So, so of course there's a formula to great movies, but how many directors can actually get the people there and pull it off? Yeah. So yes, there might be a formula to like be a great footballer. Yeah. For you to practice all the time. And there's a formula. You just got to score more goals. Yeah. Okay. But how many people can actually do it mm. against the people who are also following that formula competing against you? Yeah. So yes, there's a formula and like, yes, yeah, I think that's a little, I mean, he's seen, he's, he's cracked the code obviously, but I think saying that anybody could do what he did clear, like clearly he's the one person who's been able to rise to the top. Yeah, so he's it's the not only, something that just anybody can fucking go do. Yeah. He's the only person, same with Taylor Swift, same yeah, with Ed right. Sheeran, same with all of those, all of those cats. It's right. And if, that's like Ed Sheeran being like, oh, you just got to go play on the street for yeah. a year like I did. And then you'll go be famous. Like, yeah, there's a shit ton of people doing that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's, it's very, it's a very interesting industry. Um, let's uh, talk about finances um, when it comes to making money as an artist. Um, I'd like to get your take on the industry generally on how people make money. Uh, other forms of revenue, how artists can make re- money nowadays, um, yeah. and and how, because I think it's very easy in to kind of look at it and go, well, I can only make money from doing live shows and by releasing music, and yeah, there's way more things out. Way there. more. It all comes down to your audience. Now, one of the things that I get pushback from some folks in the music biz is when I say. You don't monetize your music, really. You monetize your audience. 100%. Like, yeah, I wish Spotify paid you more. I wish YouTube gave you more for your views. Yes, that it should be higher. We can all agree there. But what should be and what is are different things. Yeah. And unless you're getting millions of streams, you can't make that full-time job just from spotify royalties alone because most people have a producer that they're splitting those royalties with they have a manager if they're using depending on what distribution platform they're using they're giving a cut away of every dollar that like a musician makes from royalties they might be lucky to keep 20 percent of it after taxes and shit yeah so you can't just rely on that but if you use your music and your content as a tool to grow your audience, there are many things that you can do with the audience 
I think of like somebody like let's really an extreme example is like Kylie Jenner. Mm-hmm. What does she do? <laughs> How does she have all this money? She has an audience and she partners with people who yeah. are paying to get in front of that audience. Yeah. It's no different than buying a commercial mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, you are going to have a lot of people watching. We're going to pay to get in front of your audience. Yeah. You've got a great product that people are going to pay attention to. We want to get our shit in front of them. Mm-hmm. Here's a ton of money. Yeah. So if you have an audience, there are ways to not sell out and like organically, somewhat organically promote. Maybe you like, if you just like, where am I? You just like these t-shirts. Maybe you go and say, Hey, company, I love your t-shirts. I really like it. My audience is pretty big. Can we work out something? Maybe I'll do an ad for you. Maybe we can make 10 pieces of content together and I'll charge you 15 grand. Yeah. Some you, you can monetize your audience, but most of the time, these like these deals aren't just going to come knocking on your door, especially if you're just getting started. Yep. You have to go with some sort of package to mm-hmm. a place yeah. and say, I would like to, I love your con, I love your brand. I would like to put it in 10 posts. I'm going to do it this way. My rate is $1,500. Are you interested? Yeah. And they might say, never thought of that. That's a good idea. We do need more content. Okay. Yeah. So that's, so, that's on a social level. Yeah. Um, I'm also talking about, so that's like monetizing your audience to sell ads or have brand partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. There's micro influencers, there's influencers that make a fuck ton of money, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm just talking more music industry. I'm an artist. I want to make money. So that's one way, brand partnerships. How how otherwise? Yep. Um, other things like depending on what kind of music you like, if you're a hip hop artist, um, it it seems to be somewhat easier to do features. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of artists who might only have twenty thousand followers uh, on or twenty thousand monthly listeners on Spotify, yeah, but they're selling a verse and like, hey, I'll help you promote this to an artist who's got two thousand monthly listeners, and now they're like doing a song together and they can monetize their audience and the music that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things where like, if you're a good singer, I mean, how many people have we seen now that have some sort of like vocal lesson? Hey, warm up with me. I'll teach yeah. you how to sing. Like I'll do one-on-one calls like this and I'll, I'll help you write better songs. Yeah. You do things like that. Um, it might be not traditional things of like, but my music is just good. It should be able to just monetize itself. That might be true, but you are, there are also things that you can do as a musician to like sell coaching or do lessons or yeah. if you can play a hell of a good hell of a good guitar player teach people how to play like you and do it on zoom mm. you can make good money doing that yeah i agree what's your thoughts on the whole subscription model so like the only yeah. fans the patreon the like things like that oh what? yeah yeah um i've i think those are things that you if you have an audience and if you have an audience already And then you say, hey, guys, I'm doing this thing specifically on Patreon on Tuesday. Sign up and you can watch it. I think that's when it works. Mm. But if you're just like a nobody and you just happen to be on Patreon, I don't think that changes anything because you still don't have an audience to monetize. Yeah. You might get lucky and someone who knows there's still the chance of getting lucky and all that. But like doing like a live stream or a membership like that, you still that it's almost like having merchandise having merchandise in and of itself does not mean that people are interested in buying it. Yeah. 
just if you don't have an audience that's interested in you, you don't have an audience that's interested in your Patreon. Yeah. Like, cause you like period. So you have to attract that audience some way, and then you can give that audience an offer. Hey guys, I'm going to talk about my whole album. I'm going to do it six days in a row on Patreon. Sign up here Yeah. or get like, but you have to have the audience to give that offer to. Mm. At what level does that, does, do you think anyone should try and monetize their audience? It depends which ways. Um, I think a lot, a lot of artists jump into merchandise too quickly. Yeah. Um, where they're like, oh, I got I have $3,000 that I can use to promote my entire business. I'm going to spend 1500 of it on t-shirts so that I got to sit in a box back here yeah. and sell one at a time for six months and like, good luck making your money back. Um, it depends. I mean, it, the, I think the right answer is when there's a demand for it. Mm. And like, it's hard to say when that is, but you'll like feel it. If people yeah. are hitting you up in your DMs and saying, hey man, are you, do you have any t-shirts I can buy or like are you playing anywhere like if people are coming to you then you can feel the demand but if there's nobody coming to you and you just now have t-shirts it's not going to change anything maybe you might sell five or ten to the people who love your shit now and they want to support you but in terms of like some guy who does not know you is not interested in the t-shirts you have yeah yeah or your patreon you're 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 a nobody you have to spend time convincing them that you're interesting or worth engaging with and then say hey by the way if you want more i'm over here Mm. it's really interesting because there's nothing i disagree with you on if i'm honest um (laughs) and i I think it's usually argue with the the guests on the podcast (laughs) no it's not that it's just i think for me it's like i i wanted to do this it's this is a very different podcast to what i would usually do a lot of a lot of what i do is talking about people's careers and talking about mm. how they've got to where they are. Cause I'm generally talking to like artists. I'm not saying you're not an artist, but like yeah, yeah. I'm talking to artists and talking to all, like talking to chefs or athletes and stuff like that. So it's like, it's kind of the, uh, like I want to bring some value to people on this podcast and there's value in people listening to how people got there and did what they did. But there's also value in, here in the business side of things and this isn't just in my genre like with the podcast i want to kind of be able to spread this out into multiple things and i think what we're talking about isn't just about music what we're talking about is business in general of the 21st century in 2023 is this isn't it's not rocket science but so many people don't no and that's absolutely fine that people don't know that and you don't have to be be a professional you don't have to be good at anything you can still be writing the best music you can still be the best makeup artist you can still do all of what you want to do as as a creative right yep but you also have to have somebody around you that's can help you with the business side of things yeah, I, I absolutely right. And I think any of the business advice. Now, the thing that doesn't mean business has to be 100 percent of the decision. Tiny. Your art is important, but it's just it. the business side is a side that you should consider. Yeah. When you're like doing your business, because first determine, is this a music business or any kind? Is this an art business? Am, mm. am I just having fun? And I'll be happy if I happen to make any amount of money on the side because yeah. the art is what's important to me and it's happiness and I blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or am I doing this 
because I want to make money. Yeah. And yeah. if so, I should at least consider these things on the business side and maybe mm -hmm. I meet 50 50. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. I think the space that I've been able to fill at DeNovo, the small yeah. audience we have is the folks who because we don't tell them how to make the music. No. You make whatever music you want. But, but when you have your finished product, you got to make sure these things are in place when you're growing your business. Yeah. It, just because it's music doesn't mean it's exempt from all of the rest of the mm. business world. Yeah. It is a little different, but there are many similarities to selling software. Yeah. As just to, as to selling music. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um I've really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much for coming on. Um to end out this, how can people follow you? How can people be part of the agency or contact you for the agency for some advice sure. or whatever or for, or for work yeah it, i mean the best place to reach me directly is probably on instagram my tag is elliot.towsley um and whether if you're a musician i can help you work at de novo with my agency there if you're just a business owner i have another agency called spark launch where we do apply a lot of the same strategies just not people who are musicians. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to help in either regard, uh, but I've really enjoyed this conversation as well. Uh, and thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'd love to do a follow-up in a few months and see how it goes. Yeah, man, I'd love to have you on um, and and let's talk about more in depth on, on things. And I'd love to get kind of pick your brain on the business side of your business as well. Sure. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Let's great. open up the books. Let's do it. Man. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, keep safe. Hope you work. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, and yeah, keep safe, man. Awesome. See you soon. Take care. Will. thank you very much. Thank you, mate. Stay on. And that is a wrap. Big love to Elliot for coming on. Uh, keep safe. Please share it. Please subscribe. See you soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.